From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. An Alaska judge has ruled that a lawmaker affiliated with the Oath Keepers may stay on the general election ballot in November, even though he is likely ineligible to hold public office. But the Anchorage Daily News reported Judge Jack McKenna on Thursday ordered elections officials to delay certifying the results of that particular race until a trial scheduled for December can be held. This would allow elections officials to exclude Republican State Representative David Eastman from the ranked choice voting tabulation process if the trial finds him ineligible. If that happens, votes cast for him would go to the voters' next highest choices. Proposition number four is a ballot question that proposes to repeal City and Borough of Juneau Code, which relates to the confidentiality and disclosure of real estate values in transactions. City Deputy Mayor Maria Glavshevsky appeared on Action Line to discuss the proposition. She said she believes the law should stay on the books. I am an advocate for voting no on that, which would leave the ordinances that that the Assembly passed as is. Uh, To me, it's about accurate and fair property tax assessments, and it's just a good governance issue. Um, And I know that the the realtors have organized a a big campaign and spending what looks like a good deal of money um, uh, on the proposition. She said the city ordinance are in line with state law as it relates to property values. State law requires assessors to uh, determine the full and true value of all property in the state. Without mandatory disclosure, it's like taking, like tying one hand behind their back. Like you have to do this and you have to do it correctly, but we're not going to give you uh, enough information to do it. Accuracy and fairness are the real issue as she sees it. She added that the disclosure is not meant as a way to raise taxes. It's um, about accurate and fair assessments to untie the assessor's one hand behind his or her back. And um, it's, and it's you know, people are like, well, is it a raise, way to raise taxes? It's like, it's, no, it's just a way to assess value correctly. It's just about being correct. Juno Deputy Mayor Maria Klavshevsky. A partnership between Trail Mix and the Forest Service aims to bring improvements to the Ocknew Trail. Trail Mix Executive Director Ryan O'Shaughnessy spoke to that effort on Action Line. We are working on the um, Auk New Trail in a partnership with the Juneau Ranger District, uh, and those funds are, are provided through the Great American Outdoors Act. Um, and that, that um, legislation uh, provides funding to the Forest Service, among some other agencies, uh, to improve our recreation facilities, our trails. Um, so we're working on that trail to, you may have, if you've been up there in the last, you know, five or six years, you may have noticed uh, lots of lumber and, and gravel that's been staged up there and uh, waiting for its, its time to be used. Uh, and so we are, um, you know, hardening the trail with gravel. We're, we're building um, uh, some new uh, boardwalk staircases, the double-planked boardwalk staircases, and um, trying to make it, give folks an easier time to get up to that uh, public use cabin that people like so much. Meanwhile, O'Shaughnessy said they are at the home stretch with work on the Treadwell Ditch Trail. We've been working um, through a partnership with the Juneau Community Foundation on a grant supplied by um, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, the Division of Wildlife Conservation. Uh, we've been working on the Treadwell Ditch uh, for uh, about almost five years now, mm-hmm. uh, and we're we're in the home stretch. We're really excited to be to be working on the the portion of the trail beyond um, the Bonnie Bray neighborhood and then moving up towards Eagle Crest. So really, really excited to see that coming together. 
Trail Mix Executive Director Ryan O'Shaughnessy. Simply Three closed out Juno Jazz and Classics Festival Saturday evening at Juno Douglas High School. Jam music program included string players opening for the band. Zach Clark, the band's cello player, said how Simply Three got started. Well, all of us, we started on classical music. We were all classically trained. And uh, we had private teachers growing up. We all went through the public school system in our respective states. And uh, I think all of us were on the fast track to being a classical musician, Mm -hmm. being in a professional symphony orchestra one day. And uh, there came a time in each of our lives where we found out that we didn't necessarily want to be on that track. We love classical music. We love symphony orchestras. But we wanted to do something a little different. The band's bass player, Nick Valiobos, said that Simply Three is continuing their tour in Alaska. Well, we, uh, we're headed to Sitka, actually, next week, and awesome. then Anchorage as well. <laughs> and we actually do have a new, a new album coming out at the, uh, at the end of the month, September 30th. Uh, it's actually a hymns album, but we've put our Simply Three sauce all over it. <laughs> we even have like some rocking drums, like full drum set for some of the hymns, and it's, it's like you've never heard them before. And we're actually hoping, fingers crossed, guys, that we can get uh, enough time on Monday and Tuesday in Sitka where it's not raining because we want to go out and film part of a music video for, for, for one of the songs. Bartlett Regional Hospital CEO David Keith spoke to plans he has for the Southeast region while well, I guess on Action Line. We will continue doing what it takes to build a strong community hospital. But we also need to focus on the regional piece. What does that mean? What does Bartlett Regional mean? And so we're going to explore the regional piece because I think, as you know, it takes uh, more population to support a hospital than what we have today. When I entered healthcare in the 70s, it took roughly 5,000 people to support a hospital. Today, it takes roughly 50,000. So what do we do regionally that makes sense for Juno to the benefit of Juno and its population here? Keith says he wants to see broader the healthcare space. Hospitals one piece of what we do. I would dare to say Bartlett Regional Hospital probably will become Bartlett Regional Health System in the future because we have to do more than what a hospital survives. So I want to broaden that scope. I want to broaden that vision and probably help people understand healthcare is changing so rapidly that we cannot be high centered and fixated on just one item of healthcare. We're going to have to look at multiple things in the healthcare space. And says there are ways to look regionally for the hospital. We have 1.3 million people that come in on cruise ships. We have people that transfer here from Petersburg and Haines and other communities. I need to nurture relationships with them so they'll send us their patients to higher levels of care. There are ways to do that without compromising what we do here in Juneau. In everything we do, much like what I had to do in McAllister, because we expanded our footprint from one county to 14, was to the benefit of McAllister. Well, what we want to do here in Juneau has to be to the direct benefit of Juneau. Look at telehealth services. That's a regional opportunity that we have to explore. We have good doctors. We could probably offer telehealth services to other small communities. So there are ways to do this successfully and uh, meet the ordinance of the the city, but more importantly, add value uh, to the city as we grow our service lines. Bartlett CEO David Keith. 
Juneau School Superintendent Bridget Weiss spoke to preliminary data on school enrollment in Juneau schools while on Action Line. She said it was about what they projected. We're uh, we're not quite there for an official count that happens in October. Um, oh, so this is preliminary. So this is still preliminary, right. but of course things settle in quite a bit. So uh, by now, and uh, we are uh, we are just almost exactly where we were a year ago um, in terms of enrollment. So we were pretty steady. Uh, we are uh, between 55 and 60 students under projection, and so uh, each year, as you know, through the budget process, the board makes a projection decision on enrollment and then that number is what creates the revenue, the anticipated revenue that we budget around. She said the most variance in enrollment was in the elementary schools. Not too many um, trends really are other than where we had the biggest variance was at elementary, which makes sense a little bit. Families with younger children are moving in and out. Maybe um, families get sometimes more settled when their kids get older. They're less likely to move kids around once they're in middle school and high school. Um, so our, our high schools were really close to on target. Um, our middle schools, we had one above, one below projection. Um, and at elementary was maybe where we saw more variance in um, enrollment by building. And said they are seeing families return to the physical schools. We have seen is we are we are getting families, new families like with seven-year-olds, six and seven-year-olds that might have final, found alternative ways to educate their child during the pandemic um, besides a traditional schoolhouse. And so we have some of those families returning to our system. Mm -hmm. We have um, less students in our Homebridge program. More of our homeschool students are choosing our brick and mortar schools um, this year than last year. So we're seeing some of those that evolution out of the pandemic and, and some impacts because people are settling back into, quote, whatever we think is normal. School Superintendent Bridget Weiss. Last week, the public policy manager for Meta, Lori Mullen, joined Dano on Capital Chat to talk about internet safety for youth. Moylan said teenage years are important years to develop these habits. Obviously, your, your teenage years are incredibly formative for the, the habits that you're going to have into adulthood, right? And we certainly know that as adults, we're, we're on our computers all the time, right? We're on our phones all the time, whether it's for work or to connect with friends and family that we're not seeing all the time. Um, and so now is really the time, you know, to talk to your kids and make sure that they're learning those healthy habits that they'll need when they're, you know, when they're adults. Boylan explained a method to stay in control of these habits as parents. We've recently introduced some new tools to help, you know, jumpstart these conversations and give parents more um, control and insight into the things that their kids are doing on our apps. Um, and so things like helping them set screen time lim limits on Instagram, right, so that they're only on the app at certain times. You know, I know when my kids go to bed, I like to just take the phone away at the end of the night. Some parents also just use the, the screen time limits to turn it off and make sure that they're not accessing Instagram, you know, messaging with their friends all night. She said another way is to be a good example with screen time and online privacy. I think also adults can struggle with too, so um, you know, I think it's important to make sure that we're teaching our children that we're both modeling as, as examples um, and also that we're you know, helping them use the types of tools like screen time limits so that they can be sure that they're you know, having sort of the proper balance between the time they're spending online and the time they're spending doing other activities. 
Brewfest in Juneau took place over the weekend. We spoke with Corey Mills, a member of the Rovery Club, on Saturday. We're super excited. We're calling it our 10th annual. The pandemic kind of put a stopper in it for a little bit, but so we're super excited to be back. Full force, a thousand attendees, basically sold out. She said, well, technically it would be their 12th annual. In 2020, it was canceled, and last year they had tight restrictions. Mills talked about the vendors involved. So we have 18 brewers and distributors across Alaska. Four of them are our local favorites, Alaskan, Devil's Club, Barnaby, Forbidden Peak, and then we have two distributors, Specialty and RNDC, brewers from just all over Alaska that come here and you get to taste their beers. And there are a lot of beers that you don't even get to taste. You can't find them at the liquor stores here. And about the ticket prices. So a regular ticket to get in at 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. was $40. And then we have an hour ahead of time, 12 to uh, 1, where you can come in and it's a very limited number of tickets. And those are called our VIPs. Those are $65 per person. And then we do have some designated driver tickets. They're not available the day of, but they're available beforehand to pay for that DD. And those are $15. It's all for charities. Mills shared what the money will go towards. Put on by two Rotary Clubs in Juneau, and Rotary is a charitable organization. One of the projects we're focused on right now actually is putting together food for kids over the weekend. So we know that kids get breakfast and lunch at school, but then what do they do on the weekend? So we're working to come up with a way to make sure they have that food over the weekend as well. Meteorologist Nathan Compton from the Alaska National Weather Service summarized this summer's temperatures and rainfall. So this summer was a little bit of a warm one when it comes to temperatures. Towards the beginning of the official summer period, uh, it was much warmer than usual. We broke two records uh, in the late June to early July period, and then it kind of trended downward from more of a normal summer until just towards the end in the August period where we bumped up a little bit above normal. Uh, As for precipitation, we were running just about normal to what's uh, usual for the Juneau area. Um, We were trending upwards in terms of precipitation towards the end, but overall we were almost exactly at where normal is for Juneau. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.